Hi, we are in a new episode of the History and Politics podcast, and we have a great guest. We have Natalie Smith, who is the co-host of the Superstructure podcast in the Money on the Left. And she is uh, an American based on, on Chile. And we are talking about a, a very important topic, which is Chilean politics. I, I think there is a lot that is happening and, and it's very worthy to, to talk about. Uh, hi. hi, Natalie. Hi, thanks for having me. So I think it, particularly in the Anglophone war, I think the, there has been a lot of con confusion around that, the, the social explosion that, that happened in 2019. So, so how will you describe the, the massive protests that, 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 that happened in, in 2018 in, in Chile and, and what has been yeah. its impact? Well, I think, yeah, I, I think I would probably guess that some of the confusion comes from a sense that Chile was sort of a neoliberal success in the region, uh, despite the fact, especially in the left, that people are aware that neoliberalism kind of comes out of Pinochet, right? And then kind of after that, people's Chilean political knowledge, though, kind of stops as far as what the the different 90s and 2000s center-left uh had as far as complicity with installing neoliberalism, right? And and I think there's an ignorance too about, the, you know, some of the different social movements that have kind of been brewing for a long time, you know, the 2006 and 2011 rounds of, of student protests, um, different indigenous struggles or labor struggles or student movements or environmental, you know, there's been that, but there's also been at different times, um, apathy. It's always kind of been that mix of, of apathy and movement. But in 2019 was interesting. I mean, it started with a fair evasion that was started by students of the, the metro fares. There was like a, a 30 cent uh, increase in the metro fare. But from there, kind of the evasion started to gain steam when there was, you know, a lot of repression, like the crackdown, the government crackdown was very strong. And so you have the very right-wing president, Piñera, who is his second term. His first term was, you can't have back-to-back -back presidential terms, but his first term was was 2010-ish to 2013 or so. And, you know, he was kind of hated. It's interesting. He had kind of alternated with the center-left president, Bachelet. She was in the aughts and then after him again. But You know, I was surprised he was reelected in 2017, but I think it was kind of a punishment to the center left and that Bachelet had had a lot of corruption scandals and she had done some good things, you know, like solar, renewable energy, but also, you know, is part of this center left governing concertacion, you know, that that was complicit to neoliberalism in different ways. And, and I think the economy was bad, you know, and Piñera said, uh, I can be a good economy, yada, yada. But also Piñera has a long legacy of being, you know, very much of the right in terms of very, very neoliberal, rich businessman, you know, pretends he he voted against, you know, pretends he voted to take out Pinochet, right, in the plebiscite of the late 80s. But, you know, is he's a well-known person of the right. And, and I think Chile, despite some of its sort of, um, in theory, neoliberal successes i mean it's it's it, it's a tight most people yeah are living tight lives i mean there there's not enough employment people work really long hours and the cost of living is high for the salary people are having and the student movements have been going on a long time in 2019 and and part of what was happening with those student movements which are a long legacy was military crackdown i mean piñera's government had like Ley de Aula Segura, where there was a lot like ongoing kind of police dynamics as far as with the student movements. And so the students were kind of the spark that got this going in 2019. And then when you have the police crackdown and then other people start getting involved and there's traditions of protest movements. And I think it just kind of exploded, just sort of this combinations of, of frustrations and, and resistance. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it is interesting because uh, as 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 I uh, like uh, in Peru, because obviously I, I'm based here, and you know, like it, yeah. it, it not always like the protests in other countries are get coverage, but he here they they got coverage uh, in part because like uh, here the the otaku culture is, is very important, and, mm. and and there were a lot of people dressed up as. as 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 I think Spider Man <laughs> things like that like uh, yeah yeah totally uh, it was a very like photographable uh it was a very media friendly kind of protest movement which I do think comes out of like like people talk about it like this came out of nowhere but I mean I've always felt like you know the place I learned about like real street protest culture personally is is Chile not the U S you know I've I've lived here. A long time, you know, and 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 for me it was really interesting when I was first living here, you know, like just like the rounds in 2011, just like yeah, just like the tanks are out, the tear gas is out, and I think for most of the world that's that's standard, and that happens in the U.S. as well. But it's just you know, there's this long sort of new student left that has this tradition of sort of creative protests, sort of media friendly, very social media savvy. And the same too with there is some of that same otaku um, street street youth dynamics that are part of I think um, some of those dynamics as well. Yeah, I, I, I think it is it is interesting because also I think in Peru there has been a, a protest culture which which is curious because I think it has some relation with the anarchist movement, which at the same time mm. has been very fragmented. So it's, it's very right. difficult to really uh, explain why the anarchist movement has a, a, an, an influence maybe larger than expected, but mm. because uh-huh. it, it, it's it's very fragmented. But what I yeah. can say is that- they, But they have a historical, but the, the whole region kind of has also like a historical legacy, right? Like yeah. old school, yeah. I mean, I, I think there is a more anti-status uh, strain to, to, to the left in Latin America. I, mm. I, I think that 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 plays a, a very curious role. I mean, in the the protest yeah. in the early two thousands in, in Bolivia, there were protesting even when we, against the tanks. It, like it, mm. it was it was wild. But uh, yeah, I imagine. Yeah, I I think it is. It, it was really a, a massive protest, and I think there was a day where there were one million protesters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely, that was there were big, really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, in and the first in Chile, you mean, or in, in Bolivia? Yeah. No, in Chile. And the and the one that kind of the first one, like kind of pre October twenty nineteen, the the 8 the International Women's Day of twenty nineteen, was like I think probably was like five hundred thousand ish, but I believe that was the biggest since like you know the late eighties, right? Like since the return to democracy, like that was already kind of in the air. Right. But then, yeah, you got where after there's these initial um, kind of explosions and fires. Right. And then you have like uh, things start burning and then there's the, the state of emergency. Right. The, the, and then after that, the, once there's the military state of emergency, you get kind of the, in a way it's kind of like the, the, the movements of the plazas, as they say, right. Like in the middle East where it starts getting where, yeah, like you, what used to be uh, Baquedano is now Plaza Dignidad, right? Like Dignity Plaza. But we're just, yeah, like everybody goes there. It's the center. And and it's interesting in that you do get a mix too and that you kind of have those anarchist core who are like always out and always rolling out to like be kind of the front lines, right? Like the La Primera Linea, right? Who also has a lot of people. But then you also get like progressive protesters, right? Like there's a large cross-section of political affiliation that can kind of come out in a context like this, I think, which is interesting. Yeah, I mean, it is complex because um, in 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 other parts of the world, like uh, football hooligans, for example, are, are generally sure. associated from, with with their right, and and in yeah. some protests in Latin America, they go to the protests to 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 the side of the social movements. Oh yeah, uh, and even their songs, their songs become right the the big songs of the movements right like Va volver la pala que no tiraron. like they have these like these soccer chants that become like 
uh, different lyrics and, and protest chants. And, and there's totally different social sectors, absolutely, within the, the, the protests. There's an yeah. interesting cross-section, yeah. Yeah, I think it, it, it was really a, a protest that, that, that began to, to, to have some demands, and among them it was the, the call of the resignation of, of, of Piñera, and 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 the yeah. but the curious thing is that that uh, Piñera like didn't try to, to to listen even if the protests really seem massive and and he yeah and how that this that become like the the uh, the call for a new constitution because it, it yeah it, it's interesting I mean I think that there had been people who maybe like, you know, for example, one big name is uh, Fernando Atria or I might pronounce, I, I might've pronounced that wrong, but you know, who since 2011 had kind of been beating the drum a lot about the constitutional demands, but I think it's sort of like one of those things that, you know, obviously you have the, the early eighties Pinochet constitution that then the, in the nineties, two thousands kind of became in different ways implemented with some revisions by often the center left, but, uh, it was like, there was like, it was something about the force of the, uh, the crackdown, I think so viscerally kind of reminded people of this right wing violence and Pino it's like, and the Pinochet and then this tradition of the organized and more institutional left that, that had a long tradition of, of, of wanting a different constitution, but it hadn't necessarily been a moment where that came up or whatever. It's just sort of like they were able to push it through and kind of have that political pressure where, yeah, like, I don't remember if it was like a month after the protest started, but yeah, there was a, uh, a deal that was made to have a, a plebiscite for the constitutional convention. It's just like the, the, the political pressure was, was too large and there was a history of this demand and it's just, they were able to kind of, have that be the, and I, and I think to an extent, yeah, probably Pinera wanted to uh, try to be seen as doing something, you know, cause he wasn't going to resign. <laughs> so like, yeah. and maybe some of the, and some of the right wing probably politicians too. Yeah. were like, well, maybe we should. And, and I think this was probably a dispute on the right, right? Like, uh, different sectors of the right that think that that's a better or worse idea to be giving them this, giving the left this concession of a plebiscite for a constitution. But I think the pressure was high and that the right just looked so bad. It was just such a bad crackdown. Yeah. I think now, I think we, we need to, to explain maybe to the people not too familiar with, mm. with Chilean politics that the right in, 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 in Chile is particularly more ideological, I would say, than, than in, in in large part of Latin America because it, it is much more um, less prone to to quote unquote populism. Like in other countries, mm. like it's not that strange that right from one moment to another, if, if it seems under pressure, it could like raise uh, wages mm. or or do something that that could be understood as progressive, but the the right in Chile has a very kind of neoliberal uh, mentality and has been the, the main defender of, of the neoliberal model. So even, um, obviously, a, a, a constitutional, uh, constitutional change will, will put the, the neoliberal model under, under threat was, uh, was a, a huge compromise, but also it was a context in which there were massive mobilizations that, were also kind of, uh, um, if the right is, is, says they are for law and order and, and controlling, they, they weren't able to, to control any kind of situation. Like the country was <clears throat> in a kind of, of, of a state of, 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 of what it has been called, a social explosion. So right. I, I guess that, that are elements to, to, to have in mind, like to... to uh, for the the kind of, uh, of, of 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 very important change within the right, or not, not I don't know if, if change is, is the right word, but of of of, of pressure that that it yeah. wasn't being put be, at, at that level before. Yeah, and it's interesting that just like having been here, you know, 
it's 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 so visceral but it's just i don't know you have the it's like the long history of left movements getting bigger and bigger but it's also it's the right hurting itself and that the crackdown was too far i mean it's just it was a lot like there were tank i mean just like like a lot of military on the streets a lot like it was bad like you know like it was and, and i think again yeah like probably in other countries in the region that might be like more on and off common and certainly chile has right like they had a 17 year dictatorship but outside of that dictatorship there is this very like center left center right tradition and i think the 90s 2000s like tried to kind of reclaim that very centrist tradition and people used to kind of be proud like oh we have in the region like the least corrupt cops like we have professional cops like there's a little bit of like there is that like street movement hatred of the police but there also was like an ability to keep it more respectable in a way do you know so i think this like level of escalation where it was just like you know, where it's constant videos and just constantly viral of just like immensely violent militarization, I think for people was just so viscerally reminiscent of like the dictatorship in a way they hadn't seen so much. Like there had been repetitions in different ways over the last several decades, last 30 years, right? That's why they say, no son 30 pesos, son 30 años, right? It's not 30 pesos, it's 30 years. It was this explosion out of this smaller thing, right? But and, and Pinochet had been a senator for life for a time, right? So there kind of been this, like, buried violence that came out. And then also, like, a deep buried left strength that had kind of been growing slowly in different ways. Like, kind of this far right. Chile's kind of weird in that it's always had a very strong, like, three-thirds. Like, you know, even in the 1970 election with Allende, right? He just barely won with, like, but there was, like, the center third, the left third, and this, like, pretty right-wing third. And... And there's still kind of some of that, you know, and but but the right and the left are strong, and so is this apathetic center in a way. But this with this type of thing, it's like this, that center goes more with the left in this case, you know, and that's I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting I, I, dynamic. I think it is. I I think uh, it it's it's worth mentioning the. Uh, what you have said about the violence, like it was extreme. Like there were a, a lot of people dead uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and injured because of, of the the extreme police violence. So, so I, I think it, it, it was something that that was very like uh, you know like uh, one could, could, could see it uh, not, not only on TV but on the streets. People like uh, even people that were not on the protests got got. got got injured or mm. assaulted by the police attack it because like they were just going to buy bread or do whatever like <laughs> but, but since, since it became like a like a, a protest that was so massive like it, it was all over so mm -hmm. I, I think it, it, that uh led us to to the moment of the pandemic which uh mm -hmm. i i think it is complex in some way because Chile got hit much worse than people thought yeah uh, but at the same time like Latin America in some ways like um managed so poorly that it doesn't necessarily yeah. seem that way yeah it's weird I think yeah like I think at the beginning it's hard to remember now it's been a long year and a half but um yeah, at the beginning, I'm trying to remember if we started worse and then it got better, or if we were worse and then better, but it's like we've kind of alternated because in some ways it was interesting in that like Chile, I don't remember exactly what deal they made, but they were able to like get uh, access to a vaccine more quickly than some places, like especially the Chinese Sinovac, the, the Chinese vaccine. And it was interesting too in that sometimes they were putting, they were like sometimes were very restrictive um laws but in some ways it was sort of a, just a continuation of the military states of emergency in ways like you know because in march or so of 2019 right before it hit like everybody was getting ready to like after january february summer the streets were starting to get going again because originally the uh vote for to approve or reject the process for a new constitution was going to be in april 2019 it ended up being in like i think postponed till september or something last year but um because of covid and then it's like 
you know, in the summer, sort of the, the police and military restrictions had lifted from the last three months of, of 2019. And then, but then COVID came, right? And yeah, it's weird because Latin America has really been one of the worst regions, right, uh, internationally. And yeah, Chile's at times had good restrictions, but in reality, yeah, has been really badly hit and there hasn't been enough governmental support. I mean, they're still right now, they're having a political debate about um, having the fourth uh, withdrawal from people's private pension funds. Because, you know, obviously you can't have like some state support you have to take from people's pension funds, which is already the left demand. Right. But um, which is curious because like, yeah. obviously, like people when they have to retire, like are going to have much less money, which yeah, uh, exactly. it's, it's going to be. And there's debates about there's like sort of these conservative to conservative left debates, <laughs> right, about like, are we going to have inflation if people, you know, take two hundred dollars from their that's left, you know, in their private pension account. And yeah, and also people who are like, we're going to take their whole pension fund. But but I don't ever hear anybody just propose that the, the state could give people money. So I guess that's just like not even on the agenda of what's possible. But yeah, I mean, there's absolutely not been enough state support. But also, yeah, I mean, the protest movements very much declined over the last year and a half. I mean, you've seen more lately again. But yeah, I mean, there were strong restrictions. And in the last like year or six months, you know, people don't pay as much attention to the, the restrictions. I mean, we were under curfew, though, for like 19 months. So, I mean, like nightlife in different ways ends, but there were, still were people, right, having house parties, ignoring these things in different parts of town. People would pay more or less attention, right, to the curfew. But there's also people, you know, who, you know, I just kind of like got out of the habit of doing too much stuff. I just kind of hang out in my apartment, right? I mean, Things kind of got more easygoing. But on the other hand, yeah, like a lot of people cannot work from home, right? And a lot of people um, were, you know, while they're having strict so-called restrictions in a way, also people are having to still go work. And the, the public health system is very flawed, <laughs> like to say the least. So, I mean, yeah, there's been a quite terrible situation with COVID in a lot of ways that probably nobody really fully probably is undersold yeah in some ways i would say yeah i mean i think like uh it is very curious because um peru was it has been the the most that has the highest yeah. uh debt per capita of of, of COVID, yeah. uh, um, cases in the world but at the same time, I think it, it, a lot of, of them, I think it has to do with, with the lack of, of, of coverage. But something, something that is curious is Chileans sometimes go to, to Tacna, which is in the frontier between ah. America and Chile, to, to get uh -huh. help because uh -huh. like uh, healthcare coverage. So, so to go to a private clinic because it's much cheaper than in, than in Chile. And uh -huh. also I, I have here from a friend that is uh, um, a medicine student that there are people that come from the U.S. to Peru to 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 oh. get treated because like it's so expensive the U.S. so it, it's cheaper oh, yeah. to, to buy a ticket airplane to oh to gosh. get treated and then and then go back which it's insane but but yeah, yeah. and probably for specific treatments I'm guessing too sometimes yeah. right yeah like, this we're not allowed to do X thing and yeah yeah it's 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 crazy but something that I I was wondering. Is that hmm. I kind of have this feeling that in Latin America, like a lot of, of, of the regulations are, are based on what the U.S. says. So when FDA like approved the vaccine, it was kind of the start of vaccination in, in Latin America. Hmm. But the curious thing is at the end, Latin America ended up buying more Chinese and Russian vaccines than the yeah. American ones. So they could have actually started before and, and, and probably like the, the pandemic would have been um, less oh. dramatic in, in, the, in the tragic results. Yeah, why do you think overall like that Latin America had such a, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons, but I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the overall reason is. That yeah, I, I think it is, uh, I think the, the scientific community um, has a, a fairly Western, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I think, view of regulations. Uh, 
but at the same time, mm. the, the the curious thing is that that uh, I, I don't think there are many libertarians in, in the scientific community, to be honest. But some mm. takes that that the FDA had had in the last times have been kind of libertarian, like the vaccinations mm. of children, a lot of things that have been like much quicker. So it, it's mm. weird, like that 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 kind of. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, because Chile, like I remember, was among the early ones that that had a, a deal with 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 Pfizer, I think. But at the end, they they used a lot the Sinovac vaccine, which is Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't really, I didn't see much Pfizer. I saw mostly Sinovac, and and then second AstraZeneca. Yeah, but, same. Um, Pfizer, I know existed, but I didn't see it ever. Yeah. Yeah, in Peru, also Pfizer was used basically uh, with the elderly population, and then it, it's, it's uh, uh, very rarely. Uh, yeah, just being yeah, used to to the minors, uh, the oh, vaccination minors. But oh, yeah, yeah, the the adult population is getting like uh, mostly Sinopharm and some AstraZeneca also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, the same same dynamic. Yeah. So going back to the to the so what do you think the pandemic affected the the, the election? Because like these yeah. elections have been like probably the most unexpected. Like, uh, and, and let's talk uh-huh. about the first election, the sure. the the election of the constitutional uh, uh-huh. convention. Uh, sure, so, that was in May, I believe. Yeah. So how how I mean. I think there was some sense that there could be a victory, but nobody predicted it was going to be so so overwhelming, the victory. So totally. how do you explain that? I think, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. There were there were different things going on. That Yeah, I mean, the, the rule for the convention was going to be, well, that there's going to be like a two-thirds, you need a two-thirds to pass things, which is kind of this old thing of the right wing in Chile, right, where they made it impossible to pass things because you always needed two thirds. And so some of the left was mad about that, but they actually, the left did win like two thirds of the vote, but it was interesting in that some of the non-traditional parts of the left totally, totally did better. And then more traditional center leftists didn't do well at all. Like the Christian Democrats only got one representative and, and then you had all these independents winning. But I honestly think, yeah, I mean, between everything in 2019 and then you have like two months of rest in the summer and then one month of protest and then and you know tens of thousands of people are are, are dying of covid um the right had lost i mean what the what credibility does the right have they're not giving you know pinera's just been staying in power doing nothing in particular right i mean just sort of being there being a businessman not really doing anything except continue curfew, continue state of emergency and, and like let people die. I don't know. Like I they didn't do anything. Right. And, and so you have some of these far right people that have a certain popularity in their way. Right. You have these, you know, the casts of the world you know, can get to that, but the, 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 that have this very, very popular, not populist. They're still like total neoliberal uh, Catholics, but they still have, you know, an anti-migrant and anti-crime, you know, like they'll, but you know, Pinera, I almost called him Pinochet, but uh, <laughs> Pinera can be of that as well too. But there, it's just, they're a little bit frozen. I mean, I, in, in October last year, just for the yes or no for a plebiscite, I mean, the left one, like 80 to 20%, that's a huge Victory. And yeah, I remember in May going up, people were definitely not sure that the left was going to get the two thirds to to be veto proof for the, the convention. I mean, especially people weren't sure enough people would go to vote. I mean, it was a lower turnout than the pure yes or no uh, vote, but it, it, it went really well for the left in the yeah, it was a pretty convincing victory. And furthermore, the center parties of the old left centered like didn't do well and lots of independence and different sectors of the left um it, it was an int- it was a really strong uh defeat i mean there were some victories for the right right like uh there's still you know in in one of the big center comunas uh, providencia you still have a conservative mayor uh, for the region of santiago like a center left 
Christian Democrat one over the leftist, but then also for mayor of Santiago, you have a communist party girl, Irasi, who's, you know, young. I mean, it was a pretty strong victory for the left. I, I just think the right has lost a lot of credibility. It's just not that they ever had that much credibility, but I mean, I just don't know what they've done. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I don't think anybody on the fence is, I, I only think people who are like dedicated right wingers uh, are supporting that, you know? And even among them, I, I think there, there some have mixed feelings because I, I, I saw some uh, some libertarians, for example, having sympathy for, for the liberal party, like the mm. who is part of, of the center left coalition, technically. Which, mm. so, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it has get mm -hmm. to, to that point in which even them are like, Like, what is doing Piñera, like, kicking the ball? Yeah, it just hasn't done any... Yeah, it's like, what have you done? Like, even, yeah, it, I think for... And especially for these more, you know, really strong right-wingers, too, it's like they, they want him to have a stronger rhetoric, you know? I mean, he obviously can say his fascist things, but he's very withdrawn in a lot of ways. He's not out there, you know, like, pounding the pavement about narcos and guns constantly or something, you know? He's half the time just like having pizza and a rich that's like the famous thing from the first night of like the the social explosion where like Pineda's in a fancy neighborhood having a pizza and there's like fires in downtown we're just <laughs> yeah, like what's going on me. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but I just think yeah there's not there wasn't something for Pineda to even defend right now like what you know like what I, I just, I just, there's nothing they have to defend, I think. Yeah, I, I think that led us to, to something that, that, that is quite curious, which is the composition of, of the Constitutional Convention. Is a Constitutional Convention a, a, a plurinational, I guess, in yeah. the sense that it, it has... Um, it has some some seats reserved for for the indigenous communities in Chile. Like the the most known are the Mapuche, right. but there are other indigenous communities. Uh, mm -hmm. It has gender parity. So, yes, the Aymara, the the, the Kech, uh, I, I think the, mm -hmm. the ones in the Rapa Nui. I, I forgot their name. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But um, the the other issue was the gender parity i think it it, it, yep. it, it yep. got that and and i think those elements are are quite curious so how those elements got into the 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 constitutional convention and and by, by the way how does the 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 presence of independence like was accepted by the parties because i don't think it it, it was i think maybe they thought it was not going to It, it was not going to have that much effect, and it actually become something that that disrupted the, the political panorama. Yeah. So, well, on the second question, it's funny because there, there's kind of there's a certain amount of like hatred for the there not on all in all areas, but there is a certain anti-party thing, and and there are people who even hate the. The Frente Amplio and the communists and people call it La Cocina, right? The kitchen and and people who are very much like anti all the parties like of the streets and, and sometimes can be like a weird street mix, right? And, and But I think Lista del Pueblo did, I mean, now they are like totally done and corrupt, but the, the independents in general, a lot of them did come out of the, the social movements. You know, like, for example, you have like Tia Pikachu, who's this... <laughs> you know, some lady in, in her, like, I think it was a teacher and always at the protest in the Pikachu and she won a spot in the convention. And yeah. And I think some people thought those independents wouldn't win as much, right? Yeah. That the traditional parties would, <laughs> would win, whether it be Frente Amplio or the Comunista, but also the Socialistas and the, the, the Socialist Party and the Christian Democrats who really didn't do well at all. Like they did much worse than independents, which I think speaks to I think a sense of people not feeling connected to the process and just a sense of uh, alienation from the political process that, that is something you kind of see in Chilean politics. People get very, you know, during Bachelet, too, her son had a big corruption scandal. There was a lot of disenchantment from the old concertacion of the 20 years, you know, the cocina. And then 
sorry, I forgot. Your first question was about. Um, oh yeah, the 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 the, the plurinational uh, yeah. convention uh, and gender parity. Territory, yeah. Well, it's interesting that I mean, well, as far as the gender, I mean that that was a really big thing that had been going on and that also emerged during the the protests. I mean, you had the famous probably in some circles, famous international song of, of uh, Las Tetas, who, you know, you had huge protests, like female protests of, uh, you know, it's like an anti-rape song and, and some of these social movements too that are, that are tying that back to the Pinochet era as far as like, you know, state um, sexual violence against political prisoners, right? And, and continuing as well, right? Police sexual violence of you know people who've been taken at protests over the years and also had been a precedent before 2019 again like uh, the women's march in early 2019 was the biggest since democracy and kind of the years before that like a lot of the region like whether it's peru or argentina or, or mexico city the you'd had big women's protests like the anti-femicidio right the anti Femicide. So there was that, and the same with the indigenous movements that that had been, has been an ongoing uh, protest movement. I mean, and also an activator of the far right, as far as in the south of Chile, where it's probably the most militarized part of Chile in La Araucanía, right? The Araucanía, uh, as far as with the pulp and paper companies and this strong Mapuche tradition and very uh, different scandals have happened over the years, right? And Elisa Loncon, who's the head of the Constitutional Convention, is Mapuche. I think there's another anyway, but there's there's been different things over the years, like pers political persecutions of Mapuche, like terrorist laws and that had happened under the center left as well. But the different indigenous movements have been a part of the the protest culture. The and this very much ties into too that there's definitely a very ecological kind of green consciousness like it feels like to me some of the, the center of the convention seems to be like different social rights whether that be you know health education but but also very like labor but also very like gender and and and, and plurinational it's been a big kind of buzzword for a while in the social movements like even there'll be fights like oh you're your women's org is is not officially plurinational, you know, and then they have to like change their their by their documents to be plurinational. It's it's a thing that's sort of have been part of the the, the movement culture, I think, and and definitely are are some of the stronger currents that that are dominant right now. Yeah, I I think it is is interesting. I think um, basically the when the I think probably Bolivia was the first uh, plurinational um, constitution, mm -hmm. and I kind of put in the map of, of, of several countries in the region. Um, although several countries in the region also have their own kind of uh, dimensions in some way. Um, mm -hmm which uh, make uh, the, the the process very very different but in the chilean context i think something that that is interesting is that the repression of of the of, of the mapuche people has been um bipartisan in some way mm -hmm. uh, yeah and that's something that maybe not that uh, known in in other places because i i do feel that um that for different reasons, uh, I, 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 maybe not necessarily that the uh, that uh, you know like kind of humanistic or, or or pluralistic, but but sometimes there are uh, governments that that with some indigenous groups have had more sympathy. But in the in the Chilean case, I think that it, it's clear that the Mapuche had seen. Because of, of their um, want to 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 have autonomy and and kind of a, a more uh, ambition of, of a threat to 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 the Chilean state, and I think that has has led to 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 a tension that has always been there. Yeah, and I think they have like a history to an extent of of being stronger in some ways. You know, like the you know in Chile, people are always talking about. Uh, how long, the, how the Mapuche lasted the longest of any 
you know, indigenous group in the region against the Spanish, you know, and, and there's a certain um, sense that the, of, uh, of pride, right? And then so, but I also think on the same side, right, there's a sense of, yeah, repression as far as, oh, there's trying to stop business, they're, they're setting fires, right? You know, there's a, this resort to saying there's a, a disruption going on as opposed to starting from the very long uh, repressions that have gone in. And, and I think some of that too is related to different things like in some regions like uh, dams for for hydroelectricity, right? Or, or yeah, I mean, in the Araucanía, it's, it's all about the pulp and paper industry and the land. And there's just, yeah, it, it is very bipartisan and that Bachelet is very much was a part of those those different uh, repressions. And, and I think, yeah, I mean, that's one of the strongest traditions in Chile is like, you know, the who the that was another big precedent before 2019 October was I I think it was in 2019 that in the south uh, Camilo Catrianca was a you know an indigenous leader who he had been you know in the 2011 student protests and he was uh, shot by the police like on his tractor you know and that was a big uh, thing and different, yeah, assassinations like that. It's just, it's kind of a tradition, I think, of the the police. I mean, the the Chilean carabineros, the police have like, you know, a big a big rifle, two rifles on their police uh, shield. You know, it's just, it's a very violent tradition within like most police, but but yeah. like, still, it it has a very particular set of, I think, institutional. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's that's that's true. Uh, yeah. I, so I think like uh, probably we need to 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 explain that in some ways that there is a division between the left and in two lefts. So a, a more mm-hmm. um, a more center left that that tries to remain of of what it was the the nineties and the two thousands with with with. Uh, Mm-hmm. And, and and the more radical left that includes the Communist Party as well as the the the, 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 the different political organizations that come out of of more of a social movements traditions. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think it is curious because I feel that there was much more attention on on the left wing, uh, more left wing faction, because mm-hmm. of the presence of 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 of, of uh, which is curiously in in ethnic terms of, of two candidates and and one. Was Daniel Hadawi, who is uh, mm-hmm. of Palestinian descent, and the other was Gabriel Boric, I, I guess, of, of, mm-hmm. who is of Croatian descent, I guess. Yeah, Croatian and French. Yeah, so so I, mm-hmm. I think it is curious. I, I probably should mention that that I think the Palestinian community in Latin America uh-huh. is quite large, and particularly yeah. in Chile. Um, yeah. And, and and no, it's a huge. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It is really huge. It is. Yeah. There is even a um, a football team called Palestino. Yeah, 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 and that they and they'll they'll come out with their flag and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the Palestinian community has a variety, right? Like not everyone in the Palestinian community is on the left, right? Like there's some in the center, some on the right, but Holloway is. Is, and he was mayor in a very kind of traditionally Palestinian part of Santiago, uh, Recoleta, which is just to the north of the center. Um, and yeah, and he will relate his, you know, Palestinian origin to the indigenous struggles as well, you know. Um, it was interesting. That, yeah, I think Hathaway was more expected to win. I mean, he's a very popular mayor. And Boric has been famous a long time, right? Like coming out of the student movements, he's been a really famous political figure for a long time. I think some people see Holloway as a little bit to the left of Boric, but I mean, it's a mix. And I I think Holloway made a lot of mistakes and that he can be just sort of saying whatever he wants sometimes and has like some patriarchal tendencies, you know, and, and he just had some rhetorical aggression and things that I think didn't look good for him and didn't work well for him. And, 
and 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 on the right there was an upset too. I think most people thought on the right that um uh Joaquin Lavin, who's like the longtime uh mayor of a more elite uh part of Santiago, you know, the same part of Santiago the president Piñera used to be mayor of Las Condes. And, you know, Lavin was connected to dictatorship people, but in the way where he also will be like, no, 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 I'm, I'm a social Democrat uh, <laughs> of the right. Yeah, but, uh, but and he lost too to, to Seychelles, and who's not doing well, this, this independent right candidate. He's losing to the further what? right candidate who kind didn't of, go into the primary. Yeah. Who is deeply cringe, like, to, to, to describe yeah. him. Like, yeah, it's he, weird, yeah. I mean, he's not that, Like, but in Latin American context, he's not that right wing, but he right. is like very like uh, it's it's forgettable. Like everything he says, like, yeah, it, it tries he, to put he, everything out of context. Like, yeah, it's it, he has it, those it, weird comments where he's like, uh, you know, he's talking about Boric, and he's like, I I'm a father, you know, I Boric has never been a father, and I get it just it yeah it came out weird because of course the whole right is completely patriarchal even though even though Seychelles will try to come out against the the far right candidate cast and say no we need to accept gay people we need to like have some women you know like we need to behave but still <laughs> yeah. yeah it's totally and, and, patriarchal and weird yeah also but, yeah. the the center the, the center left is uh, uh -huh. ha had a big surprise because like technically the more moderate candidate won the election which is the the candidate yeah. of the of the Christian Democrats, which I, I know it could sound weird uh, because in most Provost. Provost. Yeah, yeah, yeah Provost, yeah. Because in, in most of Latin America in, in most of not only Latin America but the world, the Christian Democrats are in the right wing coalitions and, and, and somehow like in Chile yeah. are in the yeah. Well, and in Chile, though, it's always a big controversy, right? I mean, every, I mean, they were kind of a the famous case with like where the Christian Democrats kind of helped the the coup happen right in 73 but then they thought it would be like a coup and then it would go back to democracy right away right but then the the military junta betrayed them and people like Frei Montalva who had been on their side ended up being poisoned right by the dictatorship in the 80s and then uh but but people a lot of people you know, the Christian Democrats are often like the votes the left doesn't have to like lose on something. So it's on the left and then they don't vote. It's like lots of Christian cinemas and Joe Manchins in a U.S. context, right? Who, yeah. who kind of are that, always that's, that's a perfect the example. left. Yeah, and they, they do kind of torture the left. And, and it was interesting that earlier this year, kind of after the May, uh, like the city and, and constitutional convention elections, there was a huge like meltdown in the Christian Democrats, because they only got one candidate for the Constitutional Convention. And, and there was like a whole leadership struggle about who was going to be their candidate. And yeah, I mean, in some ways, people thought they were kind of done. But Provoste has done okay. Yasna Provoste, she's like, uh, I guess, on like the more left of, of the Christian Democrats. And, and the Christian Democrats, don't get me wrong, like have a mixed history in different ways. Like during Allende, there were like left Christian Democrats who left the Christian Democrats, right? And and Frey in the 60s did land reform in different ways, right? But but it, but it does have this very like tradition of being like yellow or whatever, uh, as they say. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then they defeated the Socialist Party that, that, that many thought that Paula Narvaez was their candidate uh -huh. was going to, to, to win yeah. and, and put the, the, the center left on a, on a more traditional but but uh but it's still more left i guess plan. Mm -hmm. and 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 mm. both uh you know the center left and the center right are doing pretty badly like and there, there are some other yeah. uh independent candidates like like uh Mar mm -hmm. marco enriquez ominami uh, on, mm -hmm. on the center left and i guess like franco parisi which is mm -hmm. uh, a, a right winger but 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 they are doing pretty sort bad. Sort of marginal I, I, marginal characters who are kind of interesting in the Chilean context, yeah, but are, yeah. are not relevant, yeah. 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 So Narvaez, someone like that, the socialist, it's like, it's just too, people are sick of that center left and center right. That, that moderate old school, it's just very tainted, I think, for people, that kind of old school coalition. People have a lot of 
deep distrust, which is interesting that the communists have been able to kind of extricate themselves from that because it used to be a big dispute that during Bachelet's socialist, you know, center left government that the communists coalitioned with that coalition and, and the broad front, Frente Amplio didn't. But now, now the communists in Frente Amplio, the broad front are in coalition. And then the socialists, I believe, are kind of in coalition with the, I don't know, like the, I don't know if they're in coalition with the Christian Democrats. But yeah, Narvaez like has that sort of center left thing. I, I just don't think there was enthusiasm for that. There's just, uh, there's not, there's nothing people are looking for there, especially compared to a Holloway who's very popular and a Boric who some people hate Boric, but you know, he's been a really popular in his way, part of the social movements for a long time. He's uh, just a prominent young figure. You know, he's like 35, you know, is very much of the youth movements. Yeah, I think it probably it's time to talk about the the, the general elections will, will happen mm. this year. And, and, and basically they predict that Gabriel Boric uh, is going to, to compete against the, the far right uh, cast. Mm-hmm. Who is, I, I think, has been described as as uh, as the Chilean Bolsonaro, but I think it, he is, as you mentioned, much more conventionally neoliberal. Um, yes, yes, and, and I think uh, also he seems to have been staying in politics much longer. So mm-hmm. even he he posts as an as an uh, outsider, but it's it's in some ways an ultimate insider and. And how do you, mm-hmm. do you see that the possibility of, of a second round with 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 Boric and and and, and Kass and what yeah, are the I mean, perspectives? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's most likely. I mean, I know there was like in the international press and the Guardian how uh, in the latest like national poll, Kadem, but everybody knows Kadem is kind of a right wing like unpredictable poll that Kass was up by one percent. But I think most people would agree that Boric would definitely would def- most very likely beat Cast in the second round, just because Cast is so far right. Cast is interesting. I mean, yeah, he's kind of got an, a whole political family there. They are from out. One of his brothers or cousins, I don't know, is a senator or something, and they live outside Santiago in in Buin. They're this uh, very German Catholic blonde. I mean, I think I think Cast's grandfather is like kind of comes out of was like in the armed forces in Nazi Germany, you know, and <laughs> you know. But they also do try to play this very no, no, no. We're you know they kind of have this like low key Pinochet thing. Like the the slogan I think for a Cast campaign is like atrévete, like dare to do it like it, it's kind of like this coming out of the closet as Pinochetista but they also try to be very democratic right like <laughs> no we believe in the process we're anti-violence and you know and they go to stuff like I, I in 2017 I went with a friend to election monitoring at, at National Stadium and they're, all the cast kids are there you know this very Catholic family with lots of kids like monitoring tables Jose Cast is there and they, they bring people from poor neighborhoods. Like they do, like these far right people do outreach, right? They, they very much talk about like, oh, you know, they're very proud to kind of have a, a facho pobre, like a poor fascist uh, contingent. And they kind of want to be this like Catholic grassroots. But you're right in that their populism does not go against neoliberal orthodoxy, right? It's this kind of orthodoxy of no, like neoliberalism is going to, is going to make people rich, but they definitely are the section of the right that more openly flirts with Pinochetismo. And, you know, there's pictures of cast hugging Pinochet and, and there's pictures of Bolsonaro with cast as well in recent years, but they try to play. Yeah. This very, no, we're just, we're democratic. We're realistic. We need to stop violence. We need to have a, a good economy. Um, very anti-crime, very, oh, the gangs, the, the immigration problem, you know, indigenous terrorists. It's this very law and order um, right-wing traditional thing, but that tries to be very sober and I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it is interesting because what what you have mentioned is something that probably we should have talked more, which is, I, I feel that 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 people are not uh, getting the, the 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 dimension of of, of immigration in, in Latin America because of, of mm. particularly the 
the the, the economic uh, collapse at this point of, of Venezuela. Like there has been mm -hmm. a lot of, 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 of immigration to 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 neighboring countries like uh, both in in Colombia and Peru. There are more one of one million Venezuelans. There's half mm -hmm. a million, I think, in Ecuador. I think around four mm. hundred thousand in 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 Chile. And and also Chile has something that that is curious, which is the the, the Haitian immigration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, strong which Haitian is, migration. Which is uh, which is. Um, Uh, and, and a stronger presence there, like for example, in Peru, there are not many, uh, nor countries uh, in the region. Also, there are not that many. Okay. Um, yeah, and 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 and, and curious some some of the waves of of, of recent um, immigrate yeah. immigrants the, the tries to 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 ask for asylum in 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 the U.S. border uh, are mm -hmm. actually. Mm -hmm. uh, People from Haiti that that went mm -hmm. to Chile, but without mm -hmm. opportunities there, when like did the the route to, to the north, mm -hmm. and so, yep. so I think, how do you think immigration is is playing this in this election? Well, that's been a big thing. Yeah, I mean, as far as I, I know, that basically the biggest thing that happened recently was in the in the north of Chile in in Arica. Yeah, I mean, I know, like, yeah, Peru has had the second highest in the region outside Colombia of Venezuelans, but you know, a lot of um, migrants come through the north, through the desert, whether it be from Bolivia through Colchane or through um, Peru, and And there's different, uh, you know, different camps of uh, Venezuelan migrants were there. And there was like a month ago, a really big right wing kind of very fascist, you know, flags and everything. Press where people were burning belongings of, of migrants in the street. And, and the, the anti-Haitian thing has been going on for a long time. I mean, even kind of like regular center left Chileans will kind of say to you, you know, like, no, like this, you know, my kid who's. 20 had, had never seen a, a black person till till 20 years ago right it's 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 different in that you know chile doesn't have as much of a history of having a an afro descendant population like some of the region whether it be in caribbean the caribbean or even to an extent you know like in i know peru has some or in the you know uh, montevideo and buenos aires have a certain amount of that in chile i think longer ago had that to an extent but not as much and, and there's definitely been a strong reactionary element to the last like five to 10 years of, of Haitian migration, which, which initially, you know, post 2010 earthquake, right. In Haiti, there was migration to some of these places that had maybe to an extent more jobs or more open borders with the commodities boom, whether it be Brazil or Ecuador, or I think to an extent Argentina, but yeah, in recent years, for whatever set of reasons, the Haitian migration came very strongly to Chile. And yeah, there's also been really strong, crackdown at different times. I mean, they've done expulsions of Haitian immigrants where like they had to take a plane back to Haiti. And, you know, these may be people who have lived in Spanish, who have lived outside Haiti for 10 years or more, right? Who have been, you know, you know, there's of course all the Dominican, anyway, there's all this stuff, but um, where they had to, they had to promise not to come back to Chile for nine years, stuff like this. I mean, the repression's pretty bad. And, and yeah, and I mean, Fox News, you know, the right wingers are covering this, right? That in at the border in Texas, yeah, I mean, like you have Haitian migrants dropping their Chilean IDs at the border so that they can claim asylum. So they don't have to say, oh, well, actually you had such and so rights in this other place. And yeah, I mean, I, I think the biggest migrations have been probably Venezuelan, Colombian, Peruvian, Haitian. But I but I think, yeah, the Venezuelan and, and Haitian ones are... are, are Uh, politicizing in in different ways, right? Um, but but yeah, I mean the right wing like cast really hits hard on this. Also, there used to be stuff too. Like, there's a lot of Colombians in the north, especially Afro Colombians, like at different mining towns, and and there's you know there's just like very old school left stuff where they try to say conspiracies about them being part of FARC, and they're part of FARC supporting the Mapuche in the south. There's like old school stuff like that. Well, I I mean it, it is curious, like because in Peru, like the conspiracy said that the 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 the, the, the evangelical Venezuelans are are with the mm. with are pro Maduro, which is weird. Mm. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, it, it, yeah, it, it's it's strange. Like, um, mm. well, I I was going to to ask you. Uh, 
the the decisions with, within the the legalization of abortion is, is that already approved? Was there going to be a vote? They got the well. They had the well. It's been passed with the the tres casales, the three the three causes where you can get an abortion in the the if the life of the mother is at risk, if it was a Uh, a violation and if the life of the fetus, but I don't, I don't think it's legal in other cases. I'm not sure where that is legally in terms of um, going forward to make a, a further legalization, but no, they're not to the point yet where it's going to be fully legalized. I think, I think I could either be out of date or it's going to be an ongoing struggle, but I don't think we're to the point of like Argentina, for example. Okay, I don't know in Peru how it is. Yeah, in Peru it's even weirder. Like the, to, uh, to be honest, it's, it's, for me it's difficult to to describe because there is some causalities that 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 uh, permit it, but but at the same time, not necessarily are are enforced. Uh, so so okay. yeah, it's 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 strange. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, the, the black market is strong. Even yeah, I mean, in Chile as yeah. well, there's lots of yeah, black market. Yeah, yeah possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I, I was wondering how much the social issues have played in in, in this uh, in, in the primaries and, and in the elections for for now. Uh, and, and I, I think they're important. I mean, and I think Boric that's one of his strengths. Even even at times over Holloway. I mean, Holloway sometimes would say things like, "Oh, the you know you know he's an old Marxist," but he would also be like, "I feel like the the." The feminist march is is not left enough yet, you know, and it's like, all right, this is like one of the the sources of like the strongest news. Whereas, whereas Bordic is very much of this sort of, you know, pro mental health, pro sexual diversity, pro uh, feminist side, and yeah, I mean, the abortion struggle has been part of the the ongoing feminist movements, like the anti femicide, the pro abortion, just like coming out of two this sort of feminist wave that was in Argentina and in Mexico City, right? Those movements that have been successful for abortion. And yeah, I think that's a, definitely a, a strong part of Boric's ongoing thing. And and similarly, uh, if Cast is his opposition, yeah, Cast is totally right as far as you want and all that stuff. I mean, he wants to leave the United Nations. I mean, he's still out there saying stuff about Uh, how kids grow up if they have homosexual parents, right? I mean, the you know, so it's interesting that like on the Chilean right, there will be debates where you know Piñera is this far right businessman, but he also will, you know, he was earlier this year, I think it was, saying like, no, we need to approve or pass uh, like um, gay marriage, right? And so there's sectors of the right that are furious about that idea, right? But but Cast is definitely not the right wing that he's that is going to compromise on any social issues. And similarly, Boric is, is, is a more of a kind of woke, as they say, a social issue candidate. So it will definitely be, I think, pretty well, central. That's, that's interesting to say. So, so will you have anything more to add about, uh, about Chile? Gosh, I mean, I mean, it's going to be interesting to, to keep, start seeing the the constitutional convention go on i mean they they just started like they did the three months of of kind of preparation but now on the second anniversary of the the social explosion they started the, the process and I, i think people are really excited to kind of change this old really neoliberal constitution and also just to like see this process that yeah it's gender parity and indigenous uh, seats reserved and, and changed this really famously kind of fundamental document of, of neoliberalism. And, and I think people are excited too, that kind of Boric is very interested in keeping some amount of community participation, sort of these local cabildos and, and the sense, I think there's a certain democratic sense that people are, are excited about, which is, Exciting that again it goes back to that right like the they weren't thirty pesos they were thirty years and the sense of kind of laying to rest not just the dictatorship but but what came after the dictatorship and I think people kind of want to move beyond a certain centrist apathy and I think people are excited about some of the sort of possibilities but yeah that there also is a a scary ascendant right i mean the the famous right wing paper the mercurio right had had the 
the profile of Herman Göring the other day, the Nazi, yeah. you know, and their owner was a super Pinochetista, Agustin Edwards, but uh, this very traditional right. And I think Chile is interesting in that it's a small country, but kind of is in Latin America, at least, I don't know if in the last 50 years, been kind of very famous. And, you know, the same way Cuba is a small country, in a way, Chile is this small country that's kind of legendary politically in certain ways uh, between Allende and Pinochet and and yeah that the last 30 years maybe wasn't as famous in different ways but I think I think Chileans are very political in a lot of ways and are probably proud to the extent again yeah in, in the mainstream American press of course it's probably mostly not famous but there's some awareness that something's going on right that there's some movements and this really traditional, supposedly successful neoliberal country still has this protest movement. And, and, you know, like you said to me before, kind of being part of a certain new Latin wave, right? Whether that's in Colombia, um, protest movement, Gustavo Petro, and, and in Peru, and different places. And I think people are excited to kind of be part of what hopefully is continuing left movement but then yeah there is also uh there's there's scary right-wing people too and i think it's going to continue to be a an interesting ongoing situation yeah that's that's really a, an interesting reflection so thank you natalie and 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 where do do the people can can find your your yeah i'm on i'm on twitter yeah i mean you can find me specifically on twitter i'm at uh Orange Jasm, like the color orange, ASM. Uh, I'm on Superstructure, which is with the Money on the Left Editorial Collective. And we're, I think our website is money, moneyontheleft.org. And we have uh, our, our different links and some articles there. And and I think you can find us kind of where podcasts are, are, are found. And uh, yeah, Superstructure, Money on the Left, and uh, Twitter, basically, is, is where you can find me. Okay, thanks Natalie. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah. No, it's a pleasure.